What's up, soccer players? On this episode of Soccer Fitness Experience, we have Coach Joe Haas on the podcast, and he's going to talk about fitness testing and what tests you should consider when running programming with your teams to best have a solid start to the season. So hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. What's up, soccer players? Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Bro, I'm kind of exhausted, man. I, I was telling you before, like, I, I destroyed myself in training this morning. I was doing some 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 squat, some goblet squats with Ben, eccentrics, and pausing, um, sprint, resisted sprint drills, um, jump squats with, you know, 60-pound kettlebell. Like, my legs are shot. Ooh, 60-pound so kettlebell? Yeah, and I had to come home and then record my video, my Instagram video for the week, which is, like, explosive uh, stuff, too. So, like, <laughs> my, my body is tired right now. What about you, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm chilling. This is um, going on. It's almost month three of vacation for me. But mm, um, still looking job, job. search is uh, it's coming along. You know, it's I'm feeling a, a few vibes with a few people in a few places. And uh, hopefully within the next few weeks, we got something settled. That's good. But yeah, today is a very special episode. It's not about us. We got a very special guest on Coach Joe Haas out in Pennsylvania. Um, I had the, the pleasure to watch him work for for a day over there and he's got a wealth of experience and today he's talking about fitness testing so coach Hosh, thank you so much for joining the show and yeah welcome no guys man thank you very much appreciate the uh the invite this is a pretty cool experience to be on the other side for once yeah coach um give uh, the listeners a little bit of background about um what it is you do with soccer athletes so they they got they kind of get a sense of who's talking gotcha all right, so uh, real quick synopsis. I basically have been doing, uh, I've been coaching for about 21 years. Um, ironically, I never played the game of soccer. I've been working with soccer players for about 18 years now. Um, quick story to that. A, a mom saw me working with some athletes and she asked if I trained soccer players. And I was like, of course I do, right? That's <laughs> so, so. You know, um, the story goes, they were both really incredibly good athletes. They were a brother and a sister. Uh, the, the sister, she was a four-year starter at Penn. Uh, Josh was a four-year starter at Duke. I know that uh, little Andy up there smiling now. Right? <laughs> yes, sir. There we go. I like that. So, um, yeah, basically my job was to make sure that they stayed healthy. They were already incredible athletes, so my job wasn't really to – do more than just keeping them, you know, keeping them fit and keeping them healthy. Yeah. So the story goes, then I became a, uh, a strength coach for a, a local high school team, my alma mater, Father Judge. And I was there for nine years. Uh, we won three city titles. 
we won three Catholic League titles and one state title while we were there. Uh, nice. well, I'm sorry, while I was there. And um, I just, I fell in love with it, man. It was just, I, I, I just, I dived into so much of just learning and watching, listening to the announcers and how they talked. So when I was able to relate to the kids, I guess they just assumed that I played because I just kind of talked the jargon, you know, along with knowing what I was doing, watching the movements of the sports and understanding the conditioning of the sports, you know. So um, basically then I trans, trans, transitioned into more of the post-orthopedic end of it. So um, I always had the interest in physical therapy and never really furthered my career with getting, you know, um, my degree in that. So I decided oh, to it's expensive. I, <laughs> don't, do it. don't do it. No, I'm, I'm good right now. I kind of, what, well, so what I did was I found the middle ground. I found that there was a, an extreme gap there where kids were leaving physical therapy, mainly from an ACL injury. Uh, and there was a large gap between them getting back on the field and leaving physical or leaving physical therapy and get back on the field. Uh, so then I really became that bridge and I jumped in there and, um, the backstory kind of to that was I was an orthopedic assistant at Rothman, which is one of the larger orthopedic groups in the area. Mm. So while I was there and I was doing all the casting, splinting and bracing, I started to see a lot of these young kids coming in and a lot of them happened to be soccer players. I mean, there were basketball and football players, but there were a lot of soccer players that were coming in there. So it kind of just, when I left Rothman and went full time into doing what I'm doing with the, with the post orthopedic sports rehab, uh, basically, um, it, it just it, it just seemed to be the right mesh, the right niche at the time, and it's kind of taken off. Right now, I currently have, let's see, 18 athletes that I'm working with, and of those 18, 15 are ACL, and 12 of those 15 are girls. Mm. It's just, that- it, it's amazing. Now... I mean, and listen, uh, there could be some just irony just because of the word of mouth. And, you know, I get some of the girls, but the numbers show that they're 70% higher anyway. Yeah, that's true. They, the, the girls are a lot, get a lot more ACL injury than, than, than males do. Uh, but that's, that's dope, um, Coach Joe. Uh, you, you know, you're able to have a place in that setting. Because let me tell you, I I can see a kid with, with ACL injury and my facility doesn't have the equipment nor the space for me to do all the drills that I see you do on Instagram. Yeah, I can get them stronger. I can right. clean up that excessive vagus that they usually have after ACL injury. But, you know, to, to start doing, you know, those explosive drills, you know, deceleration drill, death, death jump, uh, I can't, especially when there's so many people in the clinic too. Right, right. Yeah, spacing becomes the issue and things like that. And again, that's kind of what I saw, you know, so I really just went out and, and spoke to a lot of the local physical therapy facilities in the area, um, you know, and then I really teamed up with one of the guys I do my podcast with, uh, Dr. Mike St. George, awesome phys- physical therapist in the area. So we've teamed up and um, you know, I've been able to refer him some people and, and, you know, likewise. So there's a, 
a nice uh, reciprocal thing going on, you know, and we're able to communicate, which is really important because that's, I, that's, yeah, that's, that's some of the struggle. Listen, I know you guys are busy, you know, so um, it, but to have that conversation and say, Hey, listen, this is how so-and-so is doing. This is what I'm doing with them. You know, uh, we just started jumping. We just started running, you know, and then, you know, when I've sent him people or he sent me people, what I notice a lot of is that they're a lot cleaner in their movement than mm. what I've seen coming from other locations. Yeah, and that that's not, and that's not to throw anybody under the bus. No, that, that communication problem you mentioned, is something that's inherent, I would say in healthcare, it's not being worked on a, a lot at all. Even communication with orthopedic surgeon who sent us patient is is kind of rare like i have to like call to get some imaging instead of the imaging coming in right away or if i have a questions uh, patient wants a cortisone shot i have to literally like go to hoops and loops to to to, to get to to get in contact with the surgeon just to ask yeah. if it's appropriate, if it's something that's going to be going to be beneficial. It, it's hard. It is, it is really hard. And most of the time, you know, it's communication. It's on a, like, on a three months basis. Like I see the person for like two or three months and then they go back to their surgeon again. And then I have to hear from the patient what the surgeon said. There was no, no call related to me. Right. And of course right. I could that's whisper down the lane. Yeah, and no, you know that that I could actually make, make the, take the lead and try to call the surgeon. <laughs> or when you have like so many people, Andy, you're going to experience this. <laughs> if you're working in clinic. So many we're not, people. We're not scaring you away now, yeah. are we? I mean, it's so many to, people down the line, man. Grad not, over here. Okay. Yeah. So many, right. so many patient left throughout the day but you could actually thought about calling the surgeon and by the time the day ends you're so tired you already forgot about it right yeah well, well let, you, let's stay on topic though yeah yeah i was about to say <laughs> you know, point point number one you might want to have me take a even extended vacation i don't know but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we're here today to talk about um fitness testing so berg i'll, I'll let you lead the way on this one here like why is this topic important um, why should players, coaches care? Like, what's the deal with this? Well, as Coach, Coach Joe said, um, as we, we're going to come to – they're going to reopen things back up. Um, people are going to train again. Um, you're going to want to test to see um, – you're going to test learning. players. You're going to assess – trying to assess players' fitness, right? So which test do you do, which is appropriate? Uh, from my experience, I've seen coach run like really long drills. Like when I was in high school, I was doing like 1200, 1200 meters just to see what my fitness level is. Now, I didn't know anything back then. You couldn't question the coach. I just know I had to run. Um, but this is a, you know, coach Joe brought it up. This is a good question, right? Which test do you do? Yeah, I mean, so that was kind of what I proposed. I'm over here moving around. Sorry, boys. I'm trying to find some good lighting for you here. Um, so basically, a few weeks ago, I had proposed a question because, you know, it was, it was early May and, you know, everyone starts to get their, their uh, off-season programming and the dreaded two-mile test is in there and, or a mile-and-a-half test, you know. And then, um, you know, 
what other tests are, are, are even being done, you know? So I was shocked. So the question was, I said, what are your three baseline tests that you use and why do you use them? And then why the two mile or the mile and a half? Is it an arbitrary test that you're using? What's the purpose? I'm, I'm fine, you know, with giving me some, but I would, you know, those two questions, I was blown away with some of the answers I was getting. So some of the local coaches in the area, one, testing is BS. What? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard that yes. a lot, actually. I've yes. Heard that a lot. Yes. Baseline testing is BS. Uh, I eyeball it. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty good evaluator of, you know, the soccer players. And, and listen, I know the guy for a long time. He's been a coach for a very long time. He said, you know, some success at the high school level, but he's not winning state championships every year, you know, so um, you can always get better. Right. <clears throat> um, and then one of the coaches was actually pretty on point. He had like some interval stuff in there, the yo-yo test, um, an Argentina test, which I actually don't know what that is. He was saying something about running around like the 18 yard box and then the six yard box or something like that. But I don't know that one. Um, but it did sound interval based, which I'm fine with, you know? So they were the kind of questions that Berg and I, you and I talked one night about it. And I was like, listen, this would be great stuff for a podcast. You know, like <clears throat> how much, you know, do you guys have the experience? And Andy, you know, I know that you just started doing a lot of the, the conditioning part too with some of the athletes. I see you doing some of the training. What are some of the tests that you would be using maybe, you know, to get them ready? And do you believe in the two mile test and why? Well, I guess for me, we'll start with a two mile. The answer is no, um, for a lot of reasons. One is for fit. When most coaches think of fitness testing, they think of, I want to give my player a test to determine how fit they are for a match in terms of how long can they be on the field before they're tired. And the two mile test is lacking in, in a few areas, right? For, for one, it's not interval based right? You're constantly going at one speed the entire time. And that's not how soccer is played. And I think the second and more, the one I'm more concerned about is there's no change of direction at all yeah, throughout the entire one. test. It's a big one. <laughs> well, you know, that's yeah. great. I didn't even think of, I mean, and that's yeah, the no most obvious, right? That's the no change of direction. Yeah. And every player knows like when you're running, you're good. Like if you want to run at one speed, you're good. But the yeah. second you have to change direction, you feel every ounce of energy zapped out of your muscle. Think and about how much more muscle that you're using to move lateral inside and decelerate and stop and stop. Yeah. Yes. I actually looked it up. Um, the two mile test, uh, it's a, it's a military base test. So they used to use, they used, well, they still do. They, they use that in the military yeah. Yeah. And you got to, we guys got to think about every test is like a tool, a tool to measure. What are you measuring? So in, in, in the military, they're measuring someone's Arabic fitness, Arabic fitness, and they're measuring um, their, um, their, their leg endurance. Right. So two miles. So, you know, it's in some way you can extrapolate data from that two mile test to see oh okay so this guy he's definitely gonna need he's definitely gonna need to increase his arabic fitness 
Um, his leg endurance could improve a bit. But to be honest with you, I don't see... I'm trying to think, how would you see the leg endurance well, problem it's, it's, in there? It's funny because even with the military, they're stopping that test pretty soon because if you look at the demands of a, of a soldier, right, you either oh, it's have completely to, different. yeah, you have to run really fast, yeah. like 20 yeah. to 30 meters, or you have to do an endurance component that's like 10, 12, 20 miles. So two miles, it's, it's funny because in, in this game of soccer, it's in that odd spot of in-between where it's not speed-based and it's not even endurance. It's right in the middle, which makes it almost useless. Yeah. And it's, it's – I was looking at the rules for the two-miles test in the military. The way it is, you just run. You can run at your own pace, which is not good for right. soccer. <laughs> Uh, but they said it's strongly discouraged you to, to run at your own pace. You got to run and try to finish the two mile test as fast as possible. Now, yeah, that changes it. That that changes it a little bit, but I I still don't. No, know, I wouldn't use. To, yeah, to me, like two miles. Okay, we can both or we can all agree here that you're probably covering more than two miles in a game, mm-hmm. right? So. Yep. You know, even if you said, well, we need to see about how many miles that they're covering and, and can they handle it. Well, th- that's fine. Then do it with 300-yard shuttles and equal two to three miles, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, to me, that at least now you're getting a little bit more specific to the game. Change up to 300s. Make them 25s for a little while. Then do 50s and, you know – then just if you have the the access to a football field, do hundreds, you know, one, two, three. So I, I think that there's other ways to to get to two or three miles and achieve it with more speed endurance, which is what soccer is. Yeah, it's and it's funny you mentioned. I'm very surprised by the Andy wasn't <laughs> when you mentioned that some coach don't really believe in testing, which is kind of odd. When you have you you you're managing how many players you're managing in the team? Like let's say there's like 25 kids in the team. Like yeah. you eyeballing all 25 kids? Like come on, there's no way. There's no way you're gonna do that. And especially if those kids are counting on you, um, counting on you to actually write down their stats. So when scout come in, they can, uh, you can actually have a prof- portfolio to give to those scouts. So if you don't do that, you're doing a disservice to your players. And it's also could be, if you test, that also could be a great way to actually motivate your players, right? You say, they hey, slide them. Yep. Listen, 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 you did this, this, this yo-yo test, this beep test, you did it in like whatever, like 10 like your score is like 10 you let's try to improve that let's get to like 12 that's great give give the kids some sort of reference point so they can be motivated to actually do the test because a lot of i hate those 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 fitness tests anyway (laughs) of course and and that's what these kids and listen it is a conversation i spend with these kids all summer long they're like i gotta go out and run today i gotta go out and run today and they spend the entire summer running for, and it's two things, right? We know, A, running is the path of least resistance. It doesn't mm-hmm. take that much effort to say, okay, I ran two miles today. I mean, listen, I'm not a runner, but I can go out and run two miles, right? At what pace? Um, that is the question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At what pace? So, and, and, and I'm trying to get to this pace 
but the other point that I brought up about that was the muscle fibers. Like mm, now this mm -hmm. is something like, this is what I read. So now I have two physical therapists here with me. So tell me, am I right or wrong between the ages of 13 and 17? I believe that there are more intermediate fibers that are there. So you have your slow twitch and your fast twitch, your intermediate. Between those ages, if you're training to do more long-distance running, you're actually having those intermediate fibers jump to be more slow-twitch fibers. So now you've trained to be more cardio-endurance-based than anaerobically-based. So you're actually training the wrong energy system for the sport that you're going to most likely be – I mean, listen, it there's there's – uh, you know, other long distance sports, but you think about basketball, soccer, mm -hmm. tennis, any of them are all intermittent, right? So why would we, we'd be doing any of that long distance running there, especially with them kids. So have you heard anything yeah, about what, that? Does what that make you sense? mentioned, uh, what you mentioned is basically the, the said principle. Um, mm -hmm. You just, your body adapt to, you know, what you impose on it. So if you always running long distance and I'm slow to, you know, like moderately fast. That's, that's the result that you get. Your body's going to adapt to that. Um, that's why they always encourage athletes to, Hey, listen, you, if you, you play this ball, you got to train fast. If you train yeah. fast, you, you, you get fast, you stay fast, you train slow. Your results going to be slow on the pitch. The same thing, but I don't think it has to do with age. I think it's just period. You train slow, you become, you become slow. I don't know yeah. if Andy got a, point on yeah that. i'll actually back that up with personal experience because i would say in my life there were two times where i was severely out of shape soccer wise um number one being eighth grade when i would just was not a fit individual and number two was about a year and a half ago when i was almost done preparing for a half marathon and I was in the oh. super type one phase where mm -hmm. it was just endurance. And I said, hey, all right, let's do some cross training. Let's go play some soccer. And literally three, four minutes in, completely gassed, out of energy. <laughs> I, I was like, if you told me to run two Stop. miles in 12 minutes, I would have been like, damn, let's go. But right. put me on a field, nah, it doesn't work. No. Yeah. It doesn't translate over. So that, I mean, that was, that was my point. Then I had some other you know, coaches chime in the one, uh, one I was a little embarrassed about because he was a strength coach and he had in there a sit up test. Yeah. No. <laughs> Wait, I sit up swear. for what? For what? What was the purpose? So the, he said, I have five tests and it started out good. He was talking about like 400 meter runs and things like mm -hmm. that. And the second test was, uh, uh, how many sit ups in a minute? Huh? So I, I mean, like, oh, I could, you lost your credibility. You lost your credibility. You're gonna I'm, end up I'm with trying to think. I'm trying to think why you will do how many sit-ups in a minute. Is he is he looking to assess? He was testing core power strength, like a power endurance in terms of like abdominals. Like if if yeah. that's the only that's the only. Um, you know what's, what's funny? We way? talked about you were saying how the the two mile test was a military test. I was I was former Navy, so. I remember running that, and I also remember having to do, you know, fifty sit-ups in a minute, or that's, yeah, that's, fifty. You know, like and that's old. It? That's old methodology. Yes, and they're still using some of that, which makes no sense because it doesn't test anything. But 
how much can your lumbar take? <laughs> well, uh, luckily, those guys would have to be, they have to prepare for that sit-up test. So I'm pretty sure their lumbar already adapted to that test already. But Andy, <laughs> what, what, what do you use to assess? I mean, what do you use to assess like core strengths? And, See, and, it's, it's, so many it's funny. Yeah. So let, let's, we'll come back to that. I kind of want to step back and discuss um, soccer coaches eyeballing things, right? Um, and if you think about it for a soccer coach, it kind of makes sense because they eyeball everything else, right? Like mm-hmm. ball true. skills, ball control, shooting pad. Like they don't object- objectively measure them. They eyeball everything. And some things you can eyeball, right? So like even fitness to an extent, you can sure. eyeball it. Yeah. But like imagine having a wallet of $100 and you say, okay, go out and buy 20 things at the grocery store, but you're not allowed to see how much money is in your wallet. Well, you can probably go ahead and do that, but you won't run into trouble until you go to the register, pull out your money and say, oh, damn, I'm short 10 bucks, right? That's, that's the equivalent of, of eyeballing fitness. Um, so it, it's possible. And even like core strength, like honestly, if I was a soccer coach, that's something that I would, I would probably eyeball. Like, can he be strong on the ball? You know, that, that's something you can jump to your eyes. But when it comes to everything else, like it's good to, to measure and see like, okay, objectively what is happening here. Yeah, you're Absolutely. right. Some some tests you you some tests you can go by not measuring, and some other tests. You know, there's there's the time come there's quantity. What was that? No, not qualitative and quantitative, right? So some most of the stuff that you see in soccer, some of it is qualitative. Um, like what's how does the skill look like? Is it clean? Is it polished? Is technique there? Those are all qualitative. You can't measure those. Um, even in a pro agility protest. When you do this test, you're not only assessing the time, it's quantitative, but you're also assessing the quality. Like, how is the, I almost said patient. <laughs> how, is the, how is the player changing direction? Is he, is he sinking his hip down when he's, when he's um, turning around? He's or is he just, or- Yeah, or is he just doing like a lumbar flexion to like touch the end of the cone? Those kind of things. So, uh, uh Coaches with a, lot of, with a lot of experience will eyeball most of the time. But they're, they're, they're like endurance tests, you should measure those. You should really measure. I mean, you just got to have some – because then you can use that as the season goes on. You know, you can do that midseason. Uh, if you're a team that's going to be competing in the playoffs, you can see how, you know, how fit these guys are if they need a break. I mean, they're playing a lot of games, especially at the high school level. You know, they're playing a lot of games in like a six- to seven-week period. You know, it's almost three games a week. And if they get a rain out, you know, you're trying to squeeze four games in a week. That's a, that's a lot, you know, so. God forbid you're good. God forbid you're good too. And now you get to play more games because you're good. Yeah. You're playing into November. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, So, Berg, what do you, what what would you say some of the other uh, tests would be then? Um, To me, uh, uh, I'll, for for Arabic Arabic wise, I'll use the you know the beep test or the yo yo, okay. um, and then for um, for you know like some sort of anaerobic test, I've I've seen um, all the drills, but you know they're not really common in the U.S. There's like the they call it the what is it? I had it written down here. Uh, it's called the the Bangsbo test. 
So the Banks boat test is basically um, you changing direction. Okay. Changing direction, um, zigzagging, and then you go to one cone towards the end, and then you kind of like jog back to the initial cone, and then you do the whole thing over again, like three times. And not only like you, 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 you recovering throughout the drill, which is kind of like intermittent, and then you changing direction and you're going as fast as you can. That gotcha. one, that's the one I would use for, for, for anaerobic. I mean, I'll, and I'll check, <laughs> I will check the time of the players and then see how they're changing direction <laughs> just to see what else do they need from a strength and conditioning, from a strength perspective. Like, oh, is this guy bending at his back? instead of you know sinking his hip down you know he probably need to work on his hips hips he probably needs to do some hip strengthening mm-hmm. um that's about those tests that i will do uh yeah, yeah you don't have to make it too in, yeah, in, in too complicated no yeah, two or three tests you know so you have some kind of baseline on the, and they have accountability over the summertime mm-hmm. you know um i know it's difficult for them to do that. Now I have a lot of college players too. I did get a nice program from one of the the strength coaches. Um, and I was looking at, you know, some of the, uh, uh, conditioning programs that they have for the summer. There's a lot of 300 yard shuttles in there. There's a lot of one fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, a day where you are doing a little bit more of a, like a long distance run. And that's what I said. If you want to, if you're going to keep the two mile test, here's an idea. If your goal is 1230, then each week you run it once, but during the week you do all your interval stuff. And then each week you can use that to, you know, to retest yourself. Mm-hmm. If your coach is going to keep that test in there, that would be my way to combat what they're doing. Otherwise these kids are going to get burned out just trying to run two miles all summer. Yeah, it's also like a, like an old tradition in soccer too, the running part. Cause it's, it's not just you, like even younger players, because they're not getting taught the conditioning aspect really well. Everyone wants to run. Like I talk to younger players, older players, like, yeah, let's go, let's go run. Let's go, let's go run. Let's go run on the beach. Let's go do lungs. Like why? Yeah. Like, yep. I, I don't want to, I don't like running <laughs> that long. <laughs> You know, I'd just... much rather do sprint work. I mean, look at the look at the difference in an athlete, right? Look at a hundred meter sprinter, and look at a, a you know a five k runner or yeah, know, different different body constitution, different muscle mass. Like those guys put know? on, they 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 hit the weight. You one, need like, that upper hard. body, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They do, but I'm the one thing one test I never look forward to is a three hundred three hundred yard shuttle. Mm. oh my god like you have to run at full speed change direction <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is not fun we just started them this week with the girls in there i have a conditioning program that i'm running um small group there's like three kids in it um and we're outside the gym so we have the you know some space out there and they're doing a lot of the 300 yard shuttles outside i'm like listen each week we'll build on that and that'll be some of your endurance that's your endurance right there you know yep. so and we're not going to be doing any real long distance because I know that they'll try to do that on their bicycle bike. You can still do distance, but it's taking mileage off of your, the actual pounding on your legs from That's running. That's true. Got to right. watch out that swim. training volume. Yes. 
Yeah. Cause then they start coming in with shin splints and this yeah. hurts and you know, my hip hurts or my knee hurts, my ankle hurts. I'm like, well, now you're here, you're going to come see me for a whole different reason now. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, coach, we got like four minutes left before zoom kicks us out. Yeah. Let me, let me, um, ask you guys a quick question. So, um, there, there's a lot of elements of the game you can test, right? You can test endurance through beep, yo-yo, um, 30-15. You can do agility tests like the star agility, the T-drill, everything like that. When it comes to speed, this is where it gets a little bit tricky, right? Because we tend to get into a little bit of an issue with technology, right? Because if you don't have um, GPS vests or if you don't have timing gates, like, can't really test speed um do you guys think that that should really impact a, a player's training or what, what are your guys thoughts on that in terms of testing for speed yeah yeah um like we what are we talking about like we're we talking 10 yards five yards yeah well we'll say yards. like a 30 30 to 40 yards yeah like uh, point a to point b you know yeah well you the distance matters like for me like i i would test more of a 10 yard sprints Five to ten yard sprints in a thirty. You still need the thirty, but usually, like you have to be explosive within a short distance. That's what that's what separates the elite players from, you know, the average. That 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 short distance um, sprint. Like, can can you cover that that five yard distance in the shortest amount of time possible? That that's one that I will measure more. Uh, Yeah. But how to measure it, you know, I've, I've seen, like, the Premier League team done it over, like, 10 yards. And then they just time the players. They run as fast as they can. And then they have them do it, like, at, they, they have a component of speed endurance to it, too. Like, you run that 10 yard, and then you go back, you walk as slow as you can. And once you get to the starting um, point again, you run again. Sprint again, I mean. Um, that's how we'll test it. I would, I would test 10 yard. I would say the same thing. And what I've actually been doing with the kids is each week we started with uh, eight 10 yard sprints as one of our, our, our beginning uh, drills. And each week we're building on that. Uh, now I didn't test them yet. And each week I will start testing them and, and, and writing it down. Um, the first week was just kind of you know, getting them to understand what each session is going to look like. Uh, and then, you know, one day is a little bit more linear Another day is a little bit more agility. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking oh, up at the time there. Andy, uh, it's just true. Like, speed is not just um, in a sagittal plane. Are you going <laughs> to test them laterally, too? This is true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's there's a lot to do. And this is why I think as I, one of my final closing points is coaches got to be specific with the test they choose because – no matter whatever, like if you're thinking of a test and you give it to a player, that test will be on their mind the entire summer. That's how they're going to train the entire summer. So you best pick a test that is specific to the game. So that way, when they come back, you're good to go. Well said. Awesome. Education right. too. Is a well, well, one. Coach Haas, uh, before we get kicked off here, where can the listeners find you if they have questions or they want to talk to you at all? All right, so I try to get on as much of the social media platforms as possible, but uh, Instagram is the easiest one, at Coach underscore Haas. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. 
If you just go in the search box, put in Coach H-O-S, Coach Haas. Um, let's see, LinkedIn, I'm under Joe Haas. Um, but, yeah, mainly on Instagram at Coach underscore Haas. All right, perfect. Well, thank you for coming on, and we'll see you all next week. My right. guys, appreciate you.